If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to IGN's weekly Xbox show. It is Podcast Unlocked. It is episode 593. It is May 3rd already here in 2023. I'm Ryan McCaffrey in IGN's San Francisco studio. Joined as always by Stella Chung. Good to see you. Good to see you. It's been, it's been a few weeks. It's been a minute. <laughs> yes. Welcome back. Uh, Destin Legary just getting back into the swing of things as well after his paternity leave. Good to see you, sir. Bam. Hey, everybody. And welcoming back an old friend, Khalif Adams, he of Spawn on Me. Welcome back, Ka. Hello, beautiful humans. It's good to see you all. I'm excited to be rocking with you all and, and hanging out talking about some good Xbox talk. It has been too long. Yeah. It has been far too long. So uh, It's been a minute. Let's start, actually. Give us the quick update. <laughs> how, how are things with Spawn on Me? What's going on on the channel? What should people be tuning in for? Yeah, uh, we are in our year 10 of our show, which is uh, wild to say out loud. But yeah, we're having a fun time. It's one of me continue to put out some some great content. The most recent and kind of really awesome conversation we had is we had the CEO of Twitch, Dan Clancy, on the show to talk about the future of the platform and all those things therein. And, and you know, we're, we're digging into kind of the summer, the summer start, right? Where all the, the conversations around Summer Games Fest and, and all the other games that we're hopefully going to be playing in the rest of the year are going to be dropping. So you know keeping it rolling keeping things moving and starting to to get things ready for spawnies three uh yes. to get those plannings uh together so you know we, we got some things coming for all of you at home excellent and uh it's twitch.tv slash spawn on me youtube.com slash spawn on me are those both correct you got it both of those are the ones yep, and then is sure. there an audio podcast version too I mean, you know, we usually podcasts go out on all podcast platforms around the world, and that's where we are on all of those. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those wonderful places as well. Perfect. Speaking of fun programming, the Xbox Game Showcase will be live streamed on Sunday, June 11th, 10 a.m. Pacific. That is, of course, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Google it if that is not your time zone. You'll, you'll find it. Uh, so no specific developers or games have been teased as of yet. Uh, but naturally, whatever's there 
will be coming to Xbox, PC, Game Pass. Uh, the Starfield Direct will be streamed immediately after. As always, we here at IGN will be having that show for you live, including the post-show with everybody uh, you see here oh. and our live post-show, pre-show pre and post-show uh, for both of those. What? I was not aware of that. Of course. <laughs> of course. You don't even need to ask. That. There's, there's no need to even to, okay. We'll be doing that, All as right. always. This is, our, <laughs> this is still our biggest moment of the year here for Xbox, so uh, we'll be looking forward to that. So do check that out. Mark your calendar. Sunday, June 11th, 10 a.m. Pacific. I guess we'll probably get started then at 9.30 a.m. Pacific, if I had to guess. 30-minute pre-show is usually how we roll. And it'll be a, a longer day than usual with the Starfield Direct immediately after that. So looking forward to seeing uh, where Todd Howard and the team are at uh, with that one. All right, well, we start this week. It's, it's been a roller coaster of emotions lately on Unlocked. <laughs> We've had ups, we've had downs, we've just had to talk about the, the blockage, the, the <laughs> cardiac blockage that, of, the, uh, of the Activision Blizzard deal, uh, and we'll see if, see if that can get cleared out or not. And this week, we had the release of Redfall. Now, uh, Redfall is a game we were very excited about. I mean, Miranda, who unfortunately couldn't be on the show today, she's been, that, that's been... We've got the receipts. Go back to the old unlocks that she's been probably that's been like number one on her list on Xbox mm -hmm. for a while. Um, we we talked about we went to the preview event, Stella, you, you, me and Miranda, about a month and a half ago. We played on PC. So this was before all the 30 frames per second on console stuff. And, it, you know, I think we came away. We talked about the show. We we liked it. It seemed seemed good. I mean, I, I it didn't it didn't set my spidey sense off as like whoa, um, this is amazing, but it was just a taste. And we thought, all right, let's see what the full version brings. And unfortunately, uh, it has not gone well. It's basically the worst case scenario for Arcane and for Bethesda and Xbox. Uh, the reviews are not good. The community impressions are not great. Now, this is not to say it is a bad game, but there is a lot... Uh, there are a lot of legitimate things to, to I'll talk say it's about. A bad game. Okay. Well, that's yeah. I haven't played enough of it to make that determination yeah. for myself personally. So I'll just I'll I'll be super transparent up front. So aside from the ninety minutes on PC that we played at the preview event, which was seemingly now that I've actually played it, started from the beginning on Xbox, it seems like that they jumped us like not long after the beginning of the game. I think okay. they had, they had told us it was a few hours in or so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, I played front, and then I played last night. I spent uh, about an hour or so just getting a feel for it on the console, since of course that was the whole 30 frames thing and whatnot, and and just went there. So, and I know Destin, you've been spending some time with it. Khalif, you've spent some time with it. Stella, you haven't had a chance to dive in on Xbox yet, but you've got that that uh, PC preview time under your belt. So, uh, let's just start with our with our personal impressions on, on this game. Because uh, this has been a highly anticipated game. This is arguably the first big AAA game for Xbox in a while. Because we didn't get one last year. I mean, it's no disrespect to Hi-Fi Rush or to Pentiment. Both excellent games that reviewed extremely well across the board. Those are smaller games that certainly have a place. But, but in terms of the big AAA first-party blockbusters, this is the first one in a while. Uh, it's also the first of the of the Bethesda 
the first big Bethesda game, again, on the AAA scale, sent to come out since the acquisition in 2020. Again, uh, Hi-Fi Rush being a, a you know, smaller surprise thing, which was so great to start the year with. Uh, Destin, I will start with you, because I know you've been, you've been pretty vocal about this on Twitter. You've, you've probably got the most time into the game of the four of us here so far. So uh, your thoughts on Redfall, go ahead. It's terrible timing for Xbox, and it's one of the worst AAA games that I've ever played. Honestly, most of the enemies are brain dead. You're constantly wandering around the world and it's just completely empty. And on normal difficulty, I honestly thought my game install was broken because you literally shoot enemies one time and they fall down. They don't really react to you. There's no stealth mechanic whatsoever. You can just walk up to people and punch them most of the time. It's just a letdown through and through. Starting from the first watercolor style still that has some animation in it all the way through uh level nine it's just constant bugs constant uh issues with the gameplay not being enjoyable and it's really really unfortunate i was really excited about this i posted some clips yesterday just from my footage playing last night where i'm fighting uh one of the mini bosses yeah where you just walk up to them and they just glitch out. They like don't know what to do if you stand next to them, and they and they die. On Xbox or actually, PC, Destin? I'm just playing out of on curiosity. PC. Okay. This is Tristan's footage, and I have been playing with somebody who plays on Xbox, so uh, that works. But for co-op to function, you need to completely quit out of your game to the main menu, host the game, invite them via the uh, Bethesda.net launcher. They join your game. You both ready up. You go back into the game. Like that's how clunky the experiences and then when you're in a game together there's things like there's an early projector mission where you have to go get a bulb for a projector and then you bring it upstairs so you get it in the basement not a ton of enemies at all encountered like maybe one i think we ran into so you get the bulb you go upstairs and then i'm standing next to the projector thinking i forgot something because there's no indication that your co-op partner needs to be next to you for you to advance that story mission. And progress for your co-op partner does, doesn't continue if they've been playing with you from the very start. It's just, it's there's so many problems with this property. This game, Tristan's footage is doing a good job of illustrating just some of yeah, the, this is the wonkiness. Just, just for a little context, so this is mm -hmm. IGN's review in progress. We did not, yeah. we got the game pretty late. We have not completed a full scored review as of yet so what you're watching here is is the review in progress footage yeah and it's just it's just really bad to the point i'm starting the question if xbox can actually have a triple a game launch in a state that's acceptable well like, i'm i'm glad you said that i i do want to come back i want to circle back to that point um but I want to get to, to Khalif here and get his impressions. I think, I think another piece of this, too, that's, that's worth adding for context, I think part of the what's making this such a bitter pill to swallow here is that this is the first first-party $70 game, yeah. which is just yeah. like, yeah, it was yeah. just, first time, just since Xbox raised the prices on first-party <laughs> games, and this is the result. Um, Ka, your thoughts thus far from what you've, uh, what you've seen and played with, with Redfall? 
a lot of ditto to what Destin said. I think I think coming into this game, super excited for it, and was really excited after I got a chance to play in the preview session. That's felt like they showed a fairly decent vertical slice of what the game was going to be, and it felt it felt like once I got the retail versions and started to play them at home, that even within that scope of of gameplay it felt like there was a big disconnect between what i got a chance to play at that preview and what i got a chance to play at home so i've been playing on both xbox and pc started on xbox my xbox series x played that for about five hours and the experience was wasn't that great at all i mean the conversations around the 30 frames per second was one that we they got in front of in terms of you know talking about that before the game launched but even within the console space, usually when you have a 30 frames per second game, it doesn't feel stuttery in the same way. Like even they can kind of lock that down and get that to be fairly smooth. And that wasn't the case on console. Uh, then moved over to PC, played that for a couple of hours. And that experience felt a little bit better in terms of frame rate. But it really goes back to that bigger conversation of, of a world that is has such a really interesting art style, comes from a team like Arcane that's known for world building um and 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 known for for pretty good you know shooter mechanics it feels like all of those pieces from arcane were missed in the translation for making this game in a way that just has me super disappointed in what this game could have been and then what we actually got and and that part has been you know pretty disheartening to see uh in that respect i got that same glitch that that's on the on the screen uh where the boss just kind of glitched out so it was it made me laugh to kind of see that while we're showcasing things but it is one of those games that I came in with such high expectations. This was a conversation that Xbox had put out into the world about, this is gonna be a game you're gonna care about. This is a new IP. We're gonna spend the time and the effort and the energy and resources to make this game good. And it was the thing that led a lot of their show, at least led or either, or, or capped the end of a couple of different showcases that they had. And to know that this is what we wind up getting is really just disappointing. And I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about the kind of impact on what that means for Xbox as a whole. But for this particular game, like it is, it is very, very much so uh, a disappointing effort uh, to see on on all ends. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Ar uh, Arcane's track record because again, I, I don't think yeah. there's any, there's, I don't think there's one thing that's that's sort of leading xbox gamers to frustration i think there's it's just it's a lot of things all coming together and and arcane having such like this is is this i think it's fair to say this is arcane's first miss ever like mm. i know prey launched with some bugs but was because the, the game was great and and we we updated our you know we gave it we were uh, dan staple at our reviews director hit a ton of those bugs and gave it a, a tough score something like a Five or something when it came out, but then I, I, re I remember what happened, Ryan. His his save got corrupted because there was something in the game where if oh, you like yeah. looted the wrong thing, your save oh, just right. didn't work anymore. But the, the point they fixed it. Yeah, the point was we ended up re-reviewing it, uh, and it and it was an eight. So it's like I, I think this is the first miss ever for Arcane. Right, but this is also their first time trying to do anything multiplayer, right? Because it was always single player. And again, this was like a big experiment for them, but it kind of sucks that it was not great. And it, yeah, when we played the preview build, it was good, but that's because they only gave us a small chunk. They yeah. probably took out a lot of assets. So when they loaded all of that back in for retail launch, it probably broke a ton of things that they weren't expecting to. Um, but a lot of the core game there, I do remember talking to you and Miranda about it. Uh, we were just like, oh, it was, okay 
Um, but I, I do remember the AI being very reactive. They were actually really good. And um, the difficulty, I think they may have scaled it back, maybe due to some complaints and stuff such um because i do remember the first few bosses being actually really difficult especially when you had multiple uh, uh vampires around you but for some reason in all the gameplay that i see it does not look like the same thing that we got to play so it's a little it's a little disappointing i i will say that the single player experience was very empty like what people say yeah. and a lot of people that i have been watching they have been playing single player and um i know we talked about this like before the show but i feel like co-op would help but mostly because you would you wouldn't be suffering through it alone. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, I, I think it is important to, so I'm the previews editor at IGN, like all pre-release coverage runs up through me one way or the other. I'm either, you know, assigning it out or doing it myself or, or helping out with it in some way. <laughs> and yeah, th this is why we're always, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect with it, but I'm, it is a, a key focal point for preview coverage on IGN is to always contextualize because, you know, so when we when we played the preview slice six weeks ago or so on PC, again, we I think we, you know, we said, yeah, it's it seems good. The, but but we notice well, the way we phrase it is the 90 minutes we saw yes. seems good. Yeah. You know, it's, you don't want to cast a, a, a blanket judgment on the whole game from a a small slice of it and B uh, an unfinished product you know typically we see these things improve from you know if there are issues during the preview session they they we hope that they're going to improve uh when it comes to the final product but that's you know instead of saying you know redfall is good if not great that's not what what we actually say is the 90 minutes we played of redfall is good not great because it is you know it's it's important to to uh, be fair to your audience that way, and to the game too, to say it's just to, to not cast any like just blanket statements based on a small slice that, you know, quite quite honestly, and I'm not I'm not saying this is a malicious thing at all, but it, with every preview situation, the developer is showing you what they want you to see. So, mm -hmm. um, like you know, Destin, you were you were I, I think fairly calling out the the watercolor still cutscenes, right? In a $70 AAA first party game. And in our preview event, they didn't show us any of those. And I think there's probably, you know, that's it's probably very intentional, but. It's the same style as As Dusk Falls, an indie game with a very small team. And I'm just like, so you use the same thing that that indie team did for your your most of your storytelling? It's just insane to me. It's insane that this, that management looked at this and said, yeah, that's ready to ship for $70 or 100 if you buy the limited edition. Right. Now, for me, I want to get it now. I kind of want to pivot. So we've kind of all given our, our thoughts on what we've played so far personally. Again, IGN's full review is coming soon. I don't know exactly when because, again, we, we're working on it as quickly as we can. Um, but I want to talk about now, which I think each of you have, have hinted at already, this... The, this Redfall release within the context of the bigger Xbox Game Studios picture. And I think that's kind of what the, the meat of, of this podcast is going to be about. Because, you know, we don't want to... There's, there, there's not a lot of good that comes from just spending an 50 minutes beating on... Just beating the Redfall horse over and over again. Like, we've set our piece. 
uh, and and the the reviews out there, including IGN's review in progress, soon to be final review, will speak for themselves. So for me, I want to start here uh, and go around the table. I don't understand how Redfall wasn't delayed by an additional quarter, an additional three months. Because again, to your point, Destin, management has eyes on that, whether that's you know, you've, your project director, uh, Harvey and Ricardo have eyes on it, obviously, uh, right on the ground level. Your, your studio leads, people like Pete Hines have eyes on it, people like Phil Spencer, uh, pr I'm sure, have eyes on it. And you, you've already, you know, okay, we've moved, or we've got Starfield uh, that's been now locked in for September 6th. You, that, and the, the Xbox leadership team knows much better than we do what the fall is looking like, right? So we know there's a Call of Duty that's probably you know, the, the Modern Warfare 2.5 yeah. thing that's going to most likely come out at the end of October like it always does. There's um, somebody just locked in for August something. Somebody, some public. Anyway, point is, uh, and, and I think Forza Motorsport at this point, I can't possibly see that game coming until October, November. I think it's going to be yeah. a fall mm. game. It's, it's not going to magically drop. They're not going to give it a release date uh, for a month from now or, and really nothing ships in July. So, uh, and they're not going to, you know, August, I think seems unlikely. Anyway, if you delay Redfall three months, three more months, because you've already delayed it almost a year. The original release date, release window was September, when it was first announced, it said summer 2022. That comes and goes, okay, no problem. Then the, the release date becomes May 2nd, 2023. If you push it out three more months, you steer clear of Starfield, so you, you go, let's say early August. You could be kind of one of the first, those, the first fall games, even though August is technically summer. We kind of look at the, the fall game season as starting in August, really. So you, you, could, you could be kind of the first mover out there. You're out well before Starfield. You're avoiding, you're, you're staying out of Forza's way as far as first party releases go. You're staying out of the way of other, other big games, whether it's a Call of Duty or, or, or what have you. Uh, and, and three months would help clean up a ton of the issues with this game. Now, is it going to address the fundamental gameplay concerns that a lot of the reviews have, have discussed and, and, and the, this panel has discussed? Maybe not, but it's going to, you know, definitely they could have solved the 30 frames per second. They could have avoided that whole fiasco, number one, and solved, you know, maybe address the AI, the, you know, texture pop in, these, the, all these kinds of things. So I know it's way more complicated than that, I but... Sitting here as a gamer, when uh, when we just we see Microsoft, Microsoft is unafraid to delay games. They moved Halo <laughs> out thirteen months and moved it off of being a console launch game for their next gen console. That's like that that takes that that's like about the biggest balls you can have yeah. as far as delaying, <laughs> delaying a game. They delayed Starfield. Like This is a company that's not afraid to move things out to give it more time. So I'm being long-winded, but, but the, I'm having trouble processing how this was not pushed out further, Stella. So my do you feel like... Sorry, Dustin. <laughs> okay. 
Um, do you feel like this was an oversight from the Xbox Game Studios I don't then know. and their schedule? Or do you feel like it was something that like, because I, I know most of the time when uh, Microsoft does acquire studios, they're like, oh yeah, they kind of have free reign of whatever they want to do. Yeah. But obviously they are still looking at everything in, in the grand picture. Absolutely. So they don't overlap each Absolutely. other. Absolutely. So I, now I'm wondering, do you was it a decision that Xbox Game Studios came to to like force Bethesda to release their game window in either this one or the next one and more push towards the earlier release? It's that's entirely possible. It's also possible that this they've they've known that this game wasn't tracking great the whole yeah. time and they they decided rather than put any more time or money into it, let's you know that's it's maybe it's diminishing returns yeah let's put it out and then we can we can start the arcane austin team fresh on a brand new project yeah. that that's gonna you know hopefully have a higher ceiling and a higher higher again there could be i don't pretend to have the answer yeah, yeah, yeah. but but as somebody who plays xbox covers xbox and and sees how microsoft is unafraid to to give their their studios more time these games more time it's it's pretty baffling how this, 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 especially again, the context of this being the first Bethesda release under Xbox, first big first party game in forever, first, first $70 first party game. It just doesn't make, it's just, I'm having trouble squaring it. Yeah. Destin, go ahead. My, my tinfoil hat theory is they needed to cut their losses and recoup the investment. So they're like, put the game out. We know it's going to be bad because they do mock reviews. They know how this is going to go, right? It's not tracking, like you said. We need to get this out. Ryan, you said a quarter. I think this game needed another year or two. And well, that, we're not and developers. Them, we like, don't know, right? Yeah. I know that you can't fix the fundamental gameplay issues well, in a quarter. Well, he was only, well, to, to, to Ryan's yeah. defense, he was only addressing, like, you know bugs and uh the gameplay issues not like the core yeah. basis of the game so i'm not attacking ryan no i know <laughs> I, no, I, no no i'm I just i'm yeah. just, I'm just yeah. reiterating that he, yeah. he also addressed yeah. the fact that i wouldn't like fix like you know the empty open world and everything but my point is my tinfoil hat theory is they needed to put it out recoup the investment of time and move them on to I don't know, the next fallout or the next big project like Ryan said. So I'm very in line with yeah. your thinking about what happened here. And Arcane did do support on Fallout 76. So a new Fallout isn't a huge stretch. Well, that's, now you're getting a, yeah. you're getting you, into you something else entirely. You brought up their previous releases. Fallout 76 was something Arcane did support on. So like, yeah, well, we had Deathloop, which was a game of the year contender, but we also have so that good. Fallout 76, but I think that's sort of the next topic that I was going to make that point. With. Yeah, that that's that's mm. a little that's a little they they did not lead development efforts on Fallout 76. That was uh that was a, a different there team, but There is a but... big Bethesda game on the way though. <laughs> I know. All right, all right. Kelly, if you you've uh I feel bad. I feel like I've invited you onto the podcast and you're just like, you're here in the lion's den. <laughs> it's, it's maybe not the easiest show to parachute into this week, but no, I'm glad you've, you've played a bunch of the game and I respect yeah. the hell out of your opinions and your voice in this industry. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm really glad you're here for this. So your thoughts on, on the sort of, again, this bigger context within the, the larger Xbox game studios picture. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you have all hit on some really important and <clears throat> and super salient points there. I think the it's always hard to know, and I think the 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 part that I'm learning is that because I'm not working at those studios and don't have the intricate details of what the time schedules look like, what the conversations were behind in those closed closed rooms, I won't I won't speculate too hard, but. It does also feel like this is one of those moves where with a company, like you said, that is not afraid to, to delay things to make sure that they're in a good spot. They also just can't delay everything indefinitely. True. And I think this is one of those conversations, too, where maybe this is the we need to put something out to satiate the audience in a way that's like. We know that we haven't put things out in a long time. Great we point. know our studios haven't been producing in that way and putting games out. Here is something. Here is something to 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 get you across the the hump until we have some of those other titles ready to go because we've seen so many conversations about and just think about this like in the last, you know, showcase that we had seen we didn't get a chance to see things like Avowed. We didn't get a chance to see some of the other big ten point ten ten pole games in those conversations, which led me to believe that they're still pretty far away in terms of their development. Yeah. So seeing Redfall drop now in in, in comparison to those other games that we talked about that are kind of even closer in Starfield and Forza, it really also makes sense for a game to drop around this time too where you're you're kind of giving the, the you know giving the folks at at home who are going to be buying this game and checking this game out something the problem was i don't know in that conversation what was the gap there between this is a thing that we think we need to put out just for the sake of putting it out which i don't think is the the microsoft kind of ethos of the way they do it but they have to put something out because the conversation has been there for two years now yeah of Microsoft doesn't put out games, studios aren't producing. And if you if you move that into the next year, that's a big problem. Or at least even if you wait until the end of summer and starting in the into fall, it's already an issue. And it's going to just move that ball, not only for their studio, but for every other studio in the Microsoft Game Studio suite to add extra layers of pressure to them too. So I think it's a lot of conversations around, you know, what is the business, what's the business case there? Is it actually hitting the developers um, kind of vision of what they wanted to do? You know, what was the, the the game plan in that respect? And some of those answers we'll never know. But I think for the folks at home, the, the baseline is this game was not good. And this game was something that people were excited for and was supposed to showcase not only that they were really doubling down on getting games out, but they were actually tripling down on the fact that their hardware was, again, the best place to play this game. And right now, that is the PC and it's not the console, which is a really weird layer of that conversation for them to have to not only eat, but also have to re-message going forward. You brought up some really, really interesting points. And I want to I want to uh, pivot to your question about your point about pressure on other studios because there's one yep. game in particular now that i think uh, has an <laughs> basically all the pressure and you can probably guess where we're going with it just to just to maybe throw my tinfoil hat on for a second and piggyback on something you said ka do you to, to the to your excellent point about just getting something out there uh which i think is is, is a very valid point do you think maybe the thinking there is we get it out beginning of may and then by the, by the time the summer's over, it's completely forgotten because f immediately after this game comes out, you have, I mean, we just had basically the same time, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Diablo 
4 coming very soon, Street Fighter 6 coming very soon, Zelda, obviously not an Xbox game, but a huge game that everybody's going to be talking about, game coming soon, Final Fantasy, again, not an Xbox game, but another big game. Do, 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 am, I, am I talking crazy right now, thinking that that could be even a little piece of the thinking, like this thing will just, it'll just get, it'll get buried and forgotten about? I mean, the hard part is that we, we know that the, you know, we know Arcane is going to continue to support this game for as long as they need to, to kind of make sure that they, one, only, you know, do do well by the by the player and by the audience to make sure that they're kind of committing to, you know, not just leaving this thing dead on the vine. But I, but I, I, I don't know, because I think, you know, when it winds up coming into like, what is the game kind of like portfolio and suite that you're pushing out? Even if you were to think about the games that are coming really, really soon, this was going to get overshadowed by Diablo no matter what. Like, this is going to be something that in the grand schemes of what were the games that I think a lot of people cared about, the energy around it was interesting and good. I think people were excited for a new IP. Yeah. They, they piggybacked off the, the um, pedigree of Arcane a lot, which, which, was, which was smart. Well, this is Xbox fans have been asking for new IPs for a long time, yeah. right? So in that sense, this is, yep. you know, this is what we've been wanting. Yep, exactly. And, and it, it kind of adds to that layer of, of, of kind of frustration is that when you do get a new IP, you do get story in a way that's not told really, really dynamically. You do get a world that's not really built out in a way that feels good. And it does lend to that conversation of like what happens when a game like this gets pushed out into the world. It doesn't do well. And because of the fact that most players' uh, attention spans are much shorter, uh, because of just the glut of of things that we have coming, you have such a small window to keep people's attention. And and if yeah. you don't do that right off the bat, you wind up losing any momentum that you have for people to care and come back to that game. So it would be less about Microsoft putting it out and winding and, and kind of leaving it on the vine to die and more of this game didn't hit in the way they expected to and players just have a lot more things to play. So why care about a game that you didn't like when it first came out? So it winds up changing that conversation for them in a bigger way where they have to land not only marketing, but they have to triple down on those teams and say, hey, yeah. the stuff that you're putting out, it has to hit day one and it has to be fantastic because if not, then we're, we're not wasting money, but we're wasting time. Right. Um, all right. I want to come back to the point you raised. I'll start with Stella here about, <laughs> again, the, the this is... It's, it feels because I think the, I think a lot of Xbox fans are feeling like it's death by a thousand cuts right now. Like this, <laughs> this, this, it's not Redfall is not the problem. It no. is just another symptom of this larger problem of Xbox's seeming inability to consistently deliver big AAA exclusive blockbuster games. And and I think uh, as Ka started to get at there. Fair or not, and it's definitely not fair. <laughs> this, it, all like all the pressure, like there's an unbelievable amount of pressure on Starfield now, oh, is yeah. there not? I mean, not there was already like the big, yeah. the next big Todd Howard game, his first IP, but but now in the wake of this, I, I feel like if, if like if Redfall had come out and been an eight or even a seven across the board, which just has not been the case, then sure, everybody would still be really looking forward to Starfield, hoping for big things, expecting for expecting big things. But I, do you think that now it's just like any last shred of optimism that, that 
Xbox fans, Destin hint, hinted at this a minute ago, and I'll get back to him in a minute, that, that just this, it's like the last, the last hope for Xbox fans that Microsoft and Bethesda can deliver this a big new blockbuster game. I think so, yeah, because so it's it's really funny. I went I I was testing out my new PC cuz I got a new one um and upgraded and I was like, "Oh, let me test out Fallout 4." And I was like, "Oh my god. I can't wait for Starfield. This is so cool, right?" Like I know it's not the same thing, but I'm like, "Oh my god, I've been wanting a game like this," which is why I feel like Redfall honestly would have done better if it was just a single player game kind of like Red or not Redfall. Uh Deathloop, you know, because that they excel in storytelling so anyways yeah i feel like starfield there's a lot riding on that right now because as i was telling you before the show um when i did the unlocked column talking about remakes and how great it is to relive those golden eras of xbox which was mostly during the xbox 360 era which you also had an op-ed piece about i'm like you know what i don't think i've lived through an era of console gaming that was as iconic as that and i'm kind of sad because like i wasn't able to game as a kid and i'm like oh now i'm here and i'm like oh where, where did everything go <laughs> and it's kind of sad i'm just like starfield could be that right it really could be but there's so much pressure and we've we've seen a little bit of it and we're gonna see more but i'm like i don't know i i think it's fair to have doubts um obviously there are going to be bethesda bugs you know when the game launches but a lot does ride on this. Like, this is the next big thing. Redfall was supposed to be the, what is it? Like the, the time holder, right? Like it was supposed to tide us over until we got Starfield because that was the big thing that most people are concerned about. Because I think a lot of people are very tired of uh, multiplayer games, even if it's co-op, because it requires you to have a friend and, you know, like be able to work through with other people. And, you know, schedules don't line up like that. With single player games, you're able to go in, play however you want, back out, and it's yeah. great. So... I feel like a lot more people are expecting Starfield and we're leaning more towards that and saving money for that. So if they buy that and it doesn't play like a $70 game, it's not going to be good for Xbox. Destin, uh, is there enough pressure on Starfield to turn it into a diamond at this point? <laughs> that's an interesting way to put it. That's a great way to Geologic put it. Yeah, pressure. wait a minute. I mean, I hope it's a diamond. <laughs> Believe me. But the only assets that we have to go off of are yeah. documentaries where the game's playing in the background or there's off screen being shot, and that's shot at 24 frames per second. And the only gameplay we got ran at sub 30 frames per second. So already my spidey sense is tingling with worry that the game is not optimized. Now they've had like a year since we saw this original footage, but there's cuts in it. It's all cobbled together the way that these assets typically are. And that worries me to see that another Bethesda property. It's going to be 16 month old footage by the time the game comes out, Destin. Okay. Yeah. I think there are Bethesda bugs that are forgivable. Like when the giant hits mm -hmm. you and your character goes flying, those are sort of fun and funny, right? If it's a Redfall situation where there are major problems with AI and there's a, other issues, I, I don't know what Xbox does. Like, like it's going to be a sign that, okay, just like everything Xbox touches is cursed, you know? <laughs> and, and I think people are going to have a big concern about all properties going forward, right? So there is an immense amount of pressure on Starfield, undoubtedly. Yeah. The hard part also thinking about that larger conversation is not only just does it have a ton of um, pressure on Starfield to kind of be great, which I think we're, I don't want to set Starfield up 
for unrealistic expectations because I think the audience will do that for us anyway. <laughs> but I do feel like there's a conversation there that we always wind up circling back to, right? Which was, were we too or were we too early for this generation when, when it comes to technology? Because a lot of things that we're touting and, and was touted for when we came into this generation are things we're still struggling to see from a development perspective. PlayStation's do doing fine. Sorry, Ka. I gotta in say some it. In some ways, I think I think some some games are doing really really well. I think some some in terms of what their tentpole games are, absolutely do get the love that they deserve in that way. And we have not seen that from the Xbox side of the fence. So I would I would agree with you on in that respect. I think that the larger conversation then turns into if Starfield does not become that game and it is not the thing that we are hoping for what is the next layer of that conversation for xbox in that way does it then become avowed does it then become something else we're still waiting for that xbox thing that is proving to be the reason why you bought an xbox series x and you have this expectation for that one box to do all the things that we're seeing happen on other platforms and on the pc side of things which again is a unfair uh comparison and some of that from the tech side of it but we're still waiting for that as a larger part of the conversation, not only from a technology standpoint, from a performance standpoint, and even, dare I say, from a ideas perspective, we're kind of running out of interesting things to do in some spaces. And that is also reflecting itself in the ways that the games that we're getting to, which I think is a is a big elephant in the room that we're starting to kind of see bump into it. I was so to, pig to piggyback off that, I don't want Microsoft to acquire Activision Blizzard if this is how they're going to treat their game properties and how how they're publishing things so mm. they're taking on way too much it feels well that is i mean there is that is a reasonable point to raise like you know if yeah. if uh they've, they've grown so much so fast if they just if they grow a whole lot more and acquire activision and blizzard you know is that and, and it's just, it's a company that as we've talked about a million times is in need of a culture change mm -hmm. uh this is, again it's nothing to do with their video games yeah. but culturally for the health safety and prosperity and happiness of their workers needs a culture change and that's yeah suddenly like another you're piling a lot more a lot more dishes yeah to have to carry yeah. around so yeah i mean there's uh there's something to that as well um yeah it's Ka, to your to your point about what hap what if Starfield isn't because again I, I really feel like unfairly or not and it's not fair Starfield for I think a lot of people has got to be like an eight out of ten is not not going to cut no. it that game no. has to be it's got to be that ten out of ten video game that ten out of ten blockbuster game that Xbox has not been able to deliver um, even you know Halo Infinite. Mm -hmm. Stand by my nine for the campaign. You know, I, what did you end up going with in the initial multiplayer I, I review? I went with the nine. Nine as well. well yeah, so again, yeah. Uh, Halo Infinite's nine out of 10 video, which is great, yeah. which is fantastic. But if Halo were coming out now, it would need to be a 10 out of 10, oh. right? It would, it would <laughs> yeah. just be, yeah, it would be subject to these, these sort of, all these things just these dishes that keep getting added onto the pile i, I, I would say even this ryan in in this i don't want this to sound like hyperbole but i think starfield needs to be transformative 
Yeah. Like, it doesn't need, like, even numbers don't really kind of lean into what this game needs to be for Xbox to really be able to top this in the way that it needs to. This game needs to bring, be that thing that tells you exactly why you spent that money for yes. that console. And it has to be the game that showcases small things about the platform. Yeah that elevate that game to the standard that it needs to be that is very different and shows differentiation between its biggest competitor in the PS5. And I think that is a big part of that conversation that to a, to a certain extent, even when I think about the platform now, I don't have answers for what that is when it comes to the conversation about like, what are the things that we know what the features are of the box, but like, how does that play into what we're going to be able to do inside of this game that is going to make it feel different and going to make it feel like something that is a thing that when you get to your Slack channel the next day that you're talking about in a big way and telling people, oh, this thing that I saw was wild. And I don't know what else I've seen in any other game that is doing this. Uh, I don't you, know yet if Bethesda has made a game like they, that, except for the stuff oh, that they made oh, I, before. Well, I think they absolutely have made that game. And I think, I think first of all, you made outstanding point. That is a, mm -hmm. an outstanding point. And I think you look like, well, Sony... Sony doesn't have anything that does what Todd Howard and the Bethesda Game Studios team can do. When you talk about mm. showing off the platform, and I think, I mean, for me, from what we've seen of, of Starfield thus far, to, to me, the best case scenario for Starfield is that it becomes the first, it, it merges the best of Bethesda Game Studios, the, the Elder Scrolls and the Fallouts, the best of that open world uh the the living world the the mm. the role playing the the side quest the memorable side quest with the uh modern day version of no man's sky not the launch version but like right. if yep. i think that's if it can blend cuz that's to me you know i know you know destin sure complain about you know call, call out the frame rate on the on the last year's starfield footage that's that's absolutely fair uh, for the time being but to me like that's that's what i got out of starfield and if it is if it can be look at that i mean there's <laughs> if it can be the best of no man's sky and the best of what mm -hmm. we know bethesda can do yep mm. in this new total you no know, new sci-fi universe where you can craft your own ship and customize it and go to all these places and maybe there's even a little mass effect in there in terms of the the scope and 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 galactic sense of discovery then yeah i think i think starfield absolutely has the potential to do exactly what what you you're suggesting and what you you know what i agree that it needs to do mm. this week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by nord vpn hey if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, 
and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the E. That's N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash U-N-L-O-C-K-D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Here's, here's I guess, the, the final point on this is this, again, this, this inability to consistently get these big games Phil Spencer is, by, from everyone I've ever talked to, a, a respected and admired guy. Uh, these teams are extremely talented. I just, I don't know, I guess I just don't know where the issues lie. Like, I know, you know, some people might say, well, you know, the, again, COVID has said, COVID hasn't stopped Sony from, and, from shipping a ton of great stuff and stopped Nintendo from shipping a ton of great stuff. So I, I guess, like... Where does the buck stop? And I'm not, you know, this isn't like sports where winning and losing is so black and white and your team loses a lot and you go, well, fire the coach, fire the general manager. That's mm. not, the video game industry is not sports. The, the metrics for success are not that black and white. But I, I guess I just like, I don't know <laughs> ultimately who's accountable and, and where where the buck stops and how how this gets fixed because expo again again we we'll, we go back to what we were saying before about how it's not just it's not redfall it's just all these things compounding one on top of the other top of the other and and a, one of the things that's on that pile one of those death by a thousand cuts is we just keep getting told wait till next year yeah mm. yeah we just and people I think are just sick of hearing that because people have invested hundreds and probably you know thousands of dollars into the X between the console, any controllers, any games you've bought, and your your ongoing fifteen dollar a month Game Pass Ultimate subscription. That's I think a, a just a where where a lot of this frustration that is being expressed onto Redfall. <laughs> Is is again, and Redfall has legitimate problems to to complain about, but I think that's such a big piece of it is it's it's that the patience is gone. Yeah. 
And we are tired of being told as people that have, that love this platform, that have invested our, our money into it, that it is, uh, the, well, wait till next year. Cause if, 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 okay, red falls out, it's a miss. Uh, if the Xbox showcase that's coming up on June 11th doesn't give us any more big fall games to look forward to. Now, again, I would bet a hundred bucks with anybody that wants to take me uh, that we get a fall release date for Forza Motorsports. So I think the, the, the rest, but the rest of these, this year is again, as far as those, as far as those big tentpole first party games, it's going to be Redfall. It's going to be Forza, excuse me, it's going to be Starfield, it's going to be Forza. Is it going to be anything else? Is Hellblade going to get in okay, there? Is Because yeah. if it's, if Star, if Red, Red Falls in this, if it's Starfield and Forza, then it kind of just feels like another year of like, well, I thought, the ga just I thought this was going to be the year where all oh, the games were flowing, the big, the big blockbusters were flowing. So that's I, a long monologue on my part. I will stop talking now. I hear you, Ryan. Yeah, I was going to jump in really quick and say, to a certain extent, as much as I am excited for this showcase, we're in we're in show and not tell time, like in a real way. Like, I think even with the conversations that we're going to have about, you know, seeing what Starfield is going to look like in a big way and, and whatever new games are going to kind of get announced or at least updated timetables about what we're going to see when those things are going to drop. I think if you were to ask everybody who's on the, the Xbox Nation side of the thing, they're like, I don't care about what you're going to show me. You can tell me all the dates that you want. I'm not really bought in until I get a chance to play a thing that feels complete and feels really good and feels like I can brag about it to my friends. And I think that's the thing right now that Xbox is up against where because of that wait until next year kind of thing that has been happening, they've lost a lot of, of, of potential cred in the space from the folks who are their biggest fans. And once you lose some of them, it comes, becomes really hard to not only pull in other folks who might be kind of, you know, Xbox curious, but also folks who are thinking about the games that you're going to showcase so that they're going to get excited. Because it's going to be like, I can see right now when the chat pops up whenever the stream happens, where they see something that doesn't look fully, you know, baked or think something that doesn't look exactly what they have an idea of what a next-gen game is. That chat is going to be full of, oh, we got Redfall all over again, right? And it's going to wind up being that conversation until the game comes out that is the one that you can say this feels like this is a next-gen game and is doing all the things that i have an expectation for so showcase or not they're gonna have to put out something that 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 puts the world on fire and is gonna make people talk about it well Absolutely what if they shadow drop something what, what if they that? just drop something after the showcase for the second time in a year i mean that, that would be, could be pretty darn impressive like, yeah like, rush two yeah you know like I, something yeah. in that effect but like <laughs> Depends on how it plays, right? Like, yeah. I, th I think for as good as Hi-Fi Rush was, that was a surprise that no, a lot of people didn't see coming. But also that fits into that kind of smaller bucket of games right. that are smaller games that don't really yeah. fit that AAA yeah. mold. You, you can't shadow drop a blockbuster. <sighs> no. That's, yeah, you have to you build that narrative. Yeah. And you got to put the marketing in place for all that kind of stuff. I want someone to do a Beyonce drop one day and just throw the game <laughs> out and be like, look, here's this thing that no one knows about. And here it is. And it's it's here tomorrow. And I think that would be a huge headline for, for, for Microsoft and Xbox to do something like that because it is a thing that the industry does not do.
Oh, we've been, we've been playing you guys. Fables yet. out. Here it is. Yeah, we right. haven't shown a thing. Here you well, go. Like, well, how <laughs> wild incredible. would that be, though, right? Like, it would set the internet on That's fire. That's right. You're right. And it would work. Because even if it wasn't fantastic, you would get a little bit more grace from the players to say, oh, they're willing to do things that are different than what they've usually done. They are thinking outside the box. This is a thing that you could, talking to that conversation of like, who do you put the, not blame on, but who do you give the the kudos and the, and the, and the blame to in the same sense? Like, that also builds up that converse, conversation about confidence, right? Yeah. Which I think is the biggest elephant in the room. A lot of folks don't have confidence in the platform. And when you put a game out like that in that way, as scary as that may be to everybody up the chain, that shows a level of confidence in a way that they haven't been able to show in the past two years, at least. So yeah. it's a conversation. I don't think it'll happen, <laughs> but it would be dope to see in a real way. Destin. Yeah. I, I mean, like I, I think hi-fi rush was good, but it was like a, I don't know, a double A experience. I don't know what you call it. It yeah, wasn't, it's like no disrespect a, a to it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, we yeah, gave yeah, it yeah. a not, it's a nine and yeah. a 10 video game, but it's and, not, you know, it's just not uh, on the Starfield, Gears of War, Halo. Yeah. You know, it's not on that blockbuster scale. And and uh, I think you're you're really getting at the heart of what the issue is. Confidence is completely shaken right now in Xbox's ability to release a stellar AAA experience. You know, mm -hmm. it just feels like they just can't hit that momentum that we've all been waiting for. And Ryan's the other half of it, right? Wait one more year. Like, look, whatever the Forza team's doing, leave them alone. <laughs> because Forza, Forza Motorsport was like the last one where we, I think we can all, that was like game of the year. I voted oh, Horizon, for that. you mean Horizon. Yeah, Horizon 5. And then we got Motorsport hopefully this fall. Like, you're going up against Final Fantasy 16, which is a PlayStation exclusive. You have Zelda coming also right around the corner, the Nintendo exclusive. Your Starfield answer, like Ryan said, is paramount. It has to be a success through and through. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the confidence issue is so, is so on point. It is... Because, uh, you know, you, sh there's lots of us that have already invested in this, again, financially and, and emotionally in a lot of cases, too, because we love this stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and, and, and the frustration is, is genuine. It is understandable from from the people that have already bought in i think if you're microsoft this this generation was such a a good opportunity you know that they they'd already been doing the work uh in the back end of the xbox one generation to 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 try and turn the ship in around and and get it sailing in a in a better direction you know the the 1S was a, a nice piece of hardware. Then the 1X was a really nice piece of hardware. They start acquiring the studios in 2018 is, is I think when that shopping spree started. And that was never going to be an overnight fix. Ga you know, mm -hmm. games take time to build, of course. And, and it just seemed like the pieces were there. Everything was, was looking good for this generation that started in unfortunately in the middle of a pandemic but it's, that's that's level playing field for for sony as well they they also launched right into it where it was just this opportunity for microsoft to to start to win back some of the people that that they that had 360s that defected to ps4 because when you look at the install base numbers going from 360 360 and ps3 to ps4 and and xbox one 
obviously a lot of, you know, the industry grew, which is amazing, which we love that, but people moved, they, they switched switched over to PS4. There were, there were plenty of people that did that. And this was, the, the Series X generation was a chance for, I think, a lot of those people to come back, you know, my, as, as these new, newly acquired first-party studios would start putting out content. They made a phenomenal box. The Series X mm -hmm. is still, by the numbers, it's, it's every bit the console the PS5 is, but on a sheer just paper numbers level, it is, it is more powerful. Uh, it is it has proven to be perfectly reliable. I have not heard of a single remotely widespread right, issue. Right. Like I haven't heard yeah. of anybody's Series X is failing. It's not to say that nobody's had, a, <laughs> like, of course it happens. It's a piece <laughs> of electronics, but you know, the, the, the hardware reliability is they completely nailed it. I think the design of the Series X is great. They already had the best controller in the industry, you know, Xbox Live. There's so many pieces that are there, the backwards compatibility stuff that they started building up. Again, the back half of last generation, but with the game prop, the games are have always been the most important thing, and we're now uh, two and a half years into this generation, and it, I, I, you know, for the people that haven't invested yet, that still have a PS4 and or an Xbox One, the you know the console shortages are over. You can buy a Series X, you can buy a PS5. So as, as those people start to go. Okay, you know, I think I I'm ready to I'm ready to jump up to one of the new ones. Like what's going on with with this first party problem, this this blockbuster game output issue is I, I think Xbox is risking a lot of those people not coming back over that they just they had that chance to get back. Like a lot of those people may very well look at the PS5 and go well, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Gran Turismo, and Horizon, and God of War, and now Spider-Man 2, and all right, you know what? Returnal, like, yeah, I think uh, that sounds pretty good. Whereas Xbox, like, okay, again, not that there aren't any good games. It's not it's not a zero-sum situation. Yeah. But, Fantasy 16. Yeah, FF16 yeah. about to be, you know, that's, that is effectively a first party Sony release because it's yeah, totally it's exclusive, exclusive and they're going to market the hell out of it. Um, so yeah, like Final Fantasy seven remake. This is yeah, which we're never going to see apparently. Um, <laughs> it, this is a long winded way of saying that. Yeah. I just think that Microsoft had been doing, they, they'd done all the groundwork to win a lot of those people back with this, with this fresh start that, you know, the, every, any generation's a fresh start. Maybe it's a little less of one now because these are all just PCs and they're just living platforms rather than boxes that get put into a closet forever uh, and you have to start all over with each generation. But it just, yeah, I think Microsoft is these, these early generation struggles to get these blockbuster games out on, in any kind of consistent way and have them be good is, is costing them uh, it's it, they're going to pay for it the entire generation because those people are going to those those fence sitting people that haven't upgraded yet may decide to just choose the PS5 instead when they finally decide to upgrade. Ka. And and there's one other point there that I think is also in this mix that is kind of you know not only just Xbox adjacent but PlayStation adjacent and and, and kind of every you know platform adjacent is we're we're seeing this interesting conversation. I'll go back to the technology because I think it's really important. Because it's the first thing that most players see, and it's the first thing that people get excited about, right? Is I think 
you have the conversation of things that like when I went to GDC this year, my favorite conference uh, or at least panel to go to is the state of unreal, right? Yeah. You get a oh, chance to see cool. wild stuff that is happening within that space. And then you see some of the games that we're getting currently within this console generation. And you're like, where is the disconnect here of the things that I'm seeing in this one space that are semi-feasible? Again, working in engine is, is totally different than when you're just seeing stuff. And those are very small snippets of very, very um, uh, structured demos that you're getting a chance to see. But the promise of what that technology is, is not meeting up with the execution of what we're seeing in terms of the games that we're getting currently. So you, when you as a player and a consumer are seeing that, if you have no knowledge about the industry and how it works, you're like, well, I see this. Why can't I have that? And I think that conversation is a big part of what we're seeing here with not only, you know, this conversation around Xbox and, and the kind of ability to get games out the door and what that expectation of what next gen is supposed to be, but we're also having that disparity between, you know, the things that we're seeing and know are, are viable and, and know that are real. They're not fake, but we're not seeing them yet. And I think that's a big underlying foundational thing that we're, we're also fighting from a, from a conversational uh, perspective as well. And I think Hellblade is the first game that actually utilizes the yeah. Unreal technology that's really going to be a set piece, right? So when we actually get to see that in action, uh, <laughs> the kids are home, uh, that'll be a, a set piece for Xbox. But is Hellblade going to move consoles? Right. No, we already saw a 30% decline in console sales for Xbox. So it's just like, do you even need the box or do you just buy a PC at this point? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't know if anybody has I don't know if any one game anymore for Xbox or PlayStation is a killer app where it's just oh, I am buying God the War. box for this. God, God, of War, God of War shipped on PS4. Yeah. So that is, you know, may, maybe you decide, oh, well, okay, this is the one I want to upgrade for and play it in the, mm -hmm. you know, on the nicest version. You know, at the last I would argue the last killer app for anything was breath of the wild as like yeah. well shit i gotta buy mm. a switch to play this game yeah i'm not sure xbox or playstation has had one game but as i'm not trying to totally discount your point Destin, and i think i think what hellblade can be if it executes on the potential that we've seen from it, not only from a technological perspective, but but from a gameplay perspective. I mean, was, you know, that that first game was such a a brilliant psychological sort of horror slash adventure. Yeah, um, it is exactly. I mean, it's exactly the kind of game that Sony's been doing a great job making for like ten years. Mm -hmm. So if Hell uh, Hellblade can can start to can can start to turn the tide right it's i don't think i don't think it's fair to say on its own hellblade or any other single game is like gonna completely again even starfield i don't think is necessarily on its own gonna be like the savior yeah but mm. if starfield hits in the way that that caliph was talking about and if hellblade whether it's coming this year or if not gosh i would almost certainly think next year is is keeps that momentum going uh it can start to restore the confidence that we're talking mm. about that is now lacking yeah it's so funny i was like oh we still have next gen console watch but next gen is here and then i was thinking about it i was like it doesn't really feel like it so yeah mm -hmm. next gen still works even two years after which is funny because the switch is doing really well even though it's been like what seven six seven years or whatever since it's been out um something like that it and i'm just like wow 
<laughs> um, yeah. Ex- the, the Xbox One and the PS4 were seven-year-old consoles too. So mm-hmm. it's it, the Switch is it's just on a all it's different. It's just, yeah, you know, it's not aligned with the other two. So you know, we're yeah. gonna get a new Switch sooner rather than later. At some point, yeah. yeah. Nintendo just but like. To, I still, still take your point. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Tech is a little bit more forgivable unless you're in like a Star Wars situation with the PC port right now. But like tech is often more forgivable. Gameplay is king. So like Mm. Star Wars is going to get patched and fixed and the gameplay is already there and the storytelling is already there, right? But if... And I, I do think that Starfield can be that savior game, Ryan. If it launches and it's spectacular, even if it's like a Fallout 4 type experience where there's bugginess but it's still great storytelling and great gameplay i think that's a a pretty solid start to xbox finally turning the conversation to positivity again Mm. well and and as we said starfield fair or not and it is not fair to to the (laughs) many talented developers in maryland that are working on that game uh there is yeah, they kind of have to be the savior at this point. That that is that is the game that uh, all all of uh, the hope is is being placed in that game right now. As far as uh, Xbox fans looking for that that big blockbuster game that is, as Khalif was saying, that that fans can go chest thump about to their friend mm-hmm. to their friends and say, you you know, this crazy thing happened. You got to see this. You got to play this. You got to do this. It's incredible. So, and, and even with all that, it is, I'm still extremely excited for all of it. Like, it, you know, all of that conversation to say is like, I'm still like looking at the clock. Like I want this thing, <laughs> whatever this thing is going to be. Like, I want to see more of it. Cause it, it looks like it's going to be ridiculously cool. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I've been saying since the beginning of the year, Diablo four and Starfield are the yep. two games mm-hmm. And there was a minute there where it looked like they were going to come out at the same time, and I was just ready to <laughs> ready to just jump out a window. <laughs> but Final Fantasy and Diablo are too close, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a Final Fantasy yeah. guy. That's yeah. just you know never yeah. never been my thing. So yeah. yeah, I'll be you will I will be uh, a resident of Sanctuary uh, yep. in Diablo Four from June until September, and then I will be. I will be uh, jumping into Starfield and you can find me there for the foreseeable future after that. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've still got some time here. We're, uh, we're running. We got, yeah, what do we got here? About uh, 10, 12 minutes, I think. So uh, I want to go over Game Pass. We always, we always get the regular Game Pass updates from Microsoft. So this week, of course, Redfall, we've discussed in great detail already. You can play that, of course, on PC on the Series X or S, but also in the cloud as well. It's playable that way. Uh, Ravenlock is out tomorrow on Game Pass, cloud console PC there. Next week, Weird West Definitive Edition. I've heard good things about this game. Yeah. That's uh, that's going to be Series X and S only on that one. And then for PC players, this, I, I tell you, I want to try this out because I've heard good things about these over the years, but I've never sat down with them. The Shadowrun Trilogy. So longtime Xbox fans will remember uh, will remember Shadowrun, <laughs> which was that, that boy. If social media, if, if Shadowrun had been a thing now, it was already it was already quite the discussion because Shadowrun was this you know it's this beloved pen and paper RPG um, that people had wanted to see a, a big budget video game made out of and. 
and it came it microsoft did it fastest studio first party game but they did it as a multiplayer only shooter huh. and everybody was kind of like well we wanted a role-playing game and you know the game turned out pretty good but and Love honestly that game like with look, my whole heart <laughs> would you agree Ka, that looking back with the, the benefit of 2020 hindsight Shadowrun was was genuinely and honestly just ahead of its time as a as a multiplayer only shooter, right? Like that would it, that, that would be totally normal now oh, and yeah. totally accepted. That game was yeah. so ahead of its time that it's it's one of those things where you look back on it now and you're like, they really did have something here, but the audience just was not yeah, ready for it. It was not the time. And, and the infrastructure wasn't really ready for it either, yeah. but it was one of those things that, man, I love that game in my whole heart. Like, I re-downloaded that thing on my <laughs> on my. Oh, here's footage of it. Oh, I was looking at so the effects. Our super producer, oh, Red. It was so good. Yeah. Um, oh, anyway, so the, good. the reason I, I add all that layer of context is Shadowrun Trilogy is that role-playing game it's a I believe it's an isometric game but it's they they are good PC RPGs that have come out in the years since from some of the original creators of that Xbox 360 mm -hmm. Shadowrun including uh, Mitch Gittleman who headed headed that project up I just saw Mitch at GDC he's got a new tactical game called the Lamplighters League I actually mm -hmm. don't know if it's coming to Xbox but it's really good. Uh, we're going to be covering that on IGN here pretty soon. Anyway, so Shadow, here's yeah, and here's Shadowrun, the Shadowrun trilogy that's now going to be on PC Game Pass starting next week. So uh, if you want to get your your Shadowrun RPG fix uh, on, and you've got a P and you've got a, a gaming PC and, and PC Game Pass, you can grab that next week. And then a, a game that I confess I'm not familiar with, mm -hmm. Fuga Melodies of Steel 2. It's a sequel, and I still haven't heard of it. May 11th, Cloud Console and PC. Now, real quick, speaking of PC Game Pass specifically, uh, let's we got to get some some kudos out to Microsoft. Spread some good cheer here. Xbox has announced a new PC Game Pass referral program that lets existing PC Game Pass members gift a free 14-day uh, trial to the service to a friend. Stella, that's pretty sweet. That's really great. <laughs> that is really nice. I mean, I, I would say, oh, hey, I to totally would do this for people who uh, uh, <clears throat> have not gotten Redfall yet, but, you know, maybe after mm. the uh, after the patches. <laughs> Well, there's lots yeah. of other stuff. Oh, yeah, PC there's a Game ton. Pass. There's a ton. But yeah. Oh, I could get people to play Grounded with me. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, Forza Horizon 5. I mean, there's... It's, That's true. Yeah. We're uh, Sea of Thieves. Like, there, there's a long, long list of cool things to play on, on PC Game Pass. So I think that's really cool. <laughs> now, Destin, you're... I yeah. can't help but think, well, why is why aren't they also doing this on the console? Any thoughts as to mm. why you think maybe they're just testing the waters to see what what the reception is to this on the PC side before maybe considering doing a console version of this? I don't know why they wouldn't include the console, but I, I do imagine that uh, they're trying to up subscribers for PC Game Pass right now. Because I know there's been some uh, some issues with the PC version of Game Pass for some people. So maybe they've corrected those and now they're just trying to like ramp up people utilizing the service. Because it's kind of like once you get people to take their first hit of Game Pass, they <laughs> want a little bit more. Oh you know, God. there are a lot of great games on there. Like I think Mass Effect is still on Game Pass and uh, oh. like a lot of the games you listed, Forza Horizon 5, uh, Grounded, Sea of Thieves. 
<laughs> I mean, just go look. There are excellent. Oh, games Valorant on is on the there service. now too. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. yeah, and a lot of the a lot of the agreements are starting to kick yeah. off. Is all the all, League of Legends all, stuff on there too? Yeah, all the league all stuff. that like all be. the content, like think, hundreds of dollars worth of league so. content. I think that happened yeah. when Valorant was also added, like yeah. with the Riot thing. Because yeah. they're all Riot, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, if you are a PC Game Pass subscriber, start gifting subs to your trial subs to your friends. And if you're not, and your friends are, and you've got a decent gaming PC, hit them up. Tell them to. Tell them to get you, hit you up with that 14-day mm -hmm. trial. Uh, and then finally this week, Xbox on the similar note here, Games with Gold for May. Two games, and they're available, of course, to anybody with Gold or Game Pass Ultimate, which, because, of course, Game Pass Ultimate includes Gold. It's Star Wars Episode One Racer, all month long, all May long, and then HOA, H-O-A, uh, up for grabs between May 16th and June 15th. Have you ever played? Have you have you checked out Hoa? Because it is a it is a gorgeous. Assuming I'm pronouncing, I don't know how else I could be pronouncing that. <laughs> Homeowners Association. Um, <laughs> I know that's exactly what I thought of. <laughs> no, I haven't played it yet. I, I'm excited to check it out, and I'm happy that I'll be able to do it for free because it'll be on Games with Gold. So that's, yeah. that's super cool. Oh, it's yeah, super I think that cute. that yeah. one is worth. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay. It's it's like yeah. a Studio Ghibli esque art style. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, worth checking out there for again, totally free. Just download it, and it's yours. Yeah. All right, let's do trivia here. Eric in California. Thank you, Eric, his gamer tag. Oh, wait. Oh, shoot. This is last week. This week's. is last week's. Yeah. Wait, hold on. I'll just no, get one real quick. Wait, but I just played <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic. Wait, no. No. We did it last week. I literally just Sorry. played through it for the first time. I'm Sorry. Do you no. want to try anyway, Stella? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, which, which, which one did you not? Visit. It's only you. I already got it. Yeah. So. Oh, did you? Already really? Done, so. oh, okay. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Alderaan. Uh, hold on, let me go back. That is right, right, Dustin? I believe that was for the right. Yeah, because yeah. Kashyyyk, you visit. Yeah, that was it. Manon, you visit. Yeah, you got it. Yeah! <laughs> you you <laughs> got the point. It. I'm sorry. I literally yeah. just finished playing through yeah. that. By the way, it holds up really well, and I didn't think I would like that kind of gameplay, but I really liked it. Also, the twist was so good. It's, yeah. But it was really funny because the graphics were so, like, old. I was like, is that me? Is that supposed to be me? And then, <laughs> I didn't know until, until the players, until the characters were like, you were my master. And I was like, oh, it was me. Okay, great. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I uh, I'm, I said this, I don't know, if I didn't say it publicly, I'll say it right now. KOTOR is still my personal favorite role-playing game ever. Okay, it yeah, is, yeah, yeah. It is still number one on my list. <laughs> Mass Effect 1 is right, like, right mm -hmm. next to it. Yeah. Um, which, I, maybe not a coincidence that it's the exact same development team. Oh my uh, god. Casey, Casey Hudson's team at BioWare did both You're games. for the remake, Ryan? <gasps> I mean... That's not gonna happen. I, Yes, but it just doesn't. It seems like it's so far away that yeah. they also like they, they stopped. Like they paused. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. in. It's in a. It's in a rough spot yeah. right now. So I don't yeah. know how that's I'm gonna so go. I'm so mad. Oh. Okay. It's fine. Mm. I'll get over it. <sighs> okay. Uh, let's see here. Can I still get the let's point? Do... <laughs> I'm just scrolling through the emails. Hey, can I get the point I'm for playing sorry, like a 20-year-old game? The point. I, like, hey, man, I took time you out get, of my... Okay, well, all right, points. hold on. Uh, here is another KOTOR question from uh -oh. Jacob in Camas, Washington. His gamer tag is, is uh, Nephyte, N-E-P-H-Y-T-E. So... Now you've... Oh, God, okay. Now uh, I'm calling you out, basically. Oh, God, okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Uh, in the early days of Xbox Live... 
A few games included DLC. It, you know, it was not a normal thing like it was now. KOTOR was one of those games. There was DLC for... Okay. I can tell Destin's going to get this, I think. Oh, God. Right, Destin? You played all this stuff? This isn't stuff? like just KOTOR, so yeah, I'm not going to get this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not... Okay. Uh, Wait, what is it? All right, so KOTOR included DLC in the form of a sta space station orbiting Yavin 4. A merchant on... The, that was the name of it, Yavin 4. Yes. A merchant on this station will sell lightsaber crystals of unique colors not found in the base game. Yes. Oh, which I don't of, know this. Which of these, <laughs> which of these lightsaber colors oh. was exclusive to the DLC? So you could only okay. get it uh -huh. from the DLC. I played this all as one game. So I... Okay, yeah. Let's... let's okay, let's see. I mean... I, 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 that's fair what yeah. you're saying. Cause now you, it is just kind of all bundled, but <laughs> okay. take a shot here. Yes. So was purple the one added by the Yavin 4 DLC? Was it silver? Was it orange or was it Viridian? I will, what I is will. Viridian? What is that color? Is that like yellow? I actually confess. I have to look it up myself. Okay, I'm gonna, yeah. I haven't heard that term in <laughs> many years. <laughs> I, it is, it is a green. Yeah, it is it's a, a shade green? of green. Okay. It's, green? it's sort of a okay. foresty green. Oh, it's like a... Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So the choices were purple... Purple, silver... Orange, Viridian, or Viridian. Yeah. It's, I think it's silver. Okay. Uh, Khalif, I'm going to go to you next, sir. I'm going to go purple. Purple, all right. Destin? I'm going green, Viridian for Xbox. <laughs> so <laughs> there's oh that's um, the viridian thank you i, I do i want to say it's a good I, green actually before i before i reveal who's right i just want to say that i just got done saying kotor is my favorite role-playing game ever yeah. i would not have gotten this because oh, no. while i did play the yavin 4 dlc it was all 20 years ago and i don't remember what the, <laughs> what the what lightsaber crystal color got added so i would not have gotten this right uh-huh none of you did either it was orange what in the heck it, it was, was orange? orange yeah i uh, swear i had okay but also i played the complete the thing where like they changed the thing so that each lightsaber crystal had stats to them and that yeah, was not in the original again, game i mean th no. this was a deep cut from, from <gasps> jacob here but good deep cut it was still yeah. a fair deep cut so. i knew it wasn't purple because like that's your that's your canon color yeah nobody nobody got that one and again i wouldn't i don't think i would have landed on that one myself what? or I, if i did i would have just been totally guessing i think so. i'm pretty sure i picked up orange in my plate <laughs> okay it's fine it's fine <laughs> thank you jacob if anybody else out there oh there we go there's your oh, oh maybe the right. okay um pre-ordered okay, <laughs> if anybody else out there has a good xbox trivia question please send it in so that i can try and stump the panel Do another kotor question please let me redeem myself please <laughs> the uh email, original. email to me at unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question. Include four multiple choice answers. Note the correct answer. Don't forget your name and your gamer tag. And we'll play again next week. It is time to go, though, after, uh, again, a very, a very, I know, I got to say, I, I'm very happy with the discussion that we had. I think we covered a lot of ground. I think we really, you know, I think we had a, a reasonable conversation about yeah. about all this stuff this week so i want to thank all three of you for being such awesome panelists uh Khalif adams i'll start with you give yourself a plug social media where we can find spawn on me etc the floor is yours 
first of all thank you again for having me it is always a blast to be able to rock with all of you again professionals in the biggest and best ways look at this nuanced discussion we had about games <laughs> not performing in the ways that we had expectations for um yeah you can check out my work at spawn on me uh we are on all podcast platforms live on twitch usually on wednesday evenings around 6 p.m pst at twitch.tv slash spawn on me you can check out our reviews previews all that other good stuff on our youtube channel youtube.com slash spawn on me there we also think about maybe going back to patreon for a little bit and maybe starting that back up hmm. uh, do a little bit of aka ask Ka anything any of those kinds of things uh so lots of things coming down the pipeline and of course our, our awards show that we do in january of every year uh, called the spawnies we're starting to ramp that back up as well so lots of good things coming down the pipeline and of course summer games fest is coming up pretty soon so we'll be doing a lot of coverage there from la so check out all that stuff and we'll see you soon Brilliant. I hope I get to see you in LA at all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, we'll definitely hang out. We'll yeah. definitely hang out for sure. Oh, yeah, me that. too. And everybody, yeah. everybody, please go and check out Spawn on Me. Support Khalif. It is, uh, Spawn on Me is, a, is just a, a wonderful thing in this industry that, uh, that I'm so glad exists, and it needs to be celebrated and supported. So please get on over again. You got YouTube, you got Twitch, you got podcast platform. Anywhere you want to go, he's there. So check it out. Yep. Uh, Destin, what do you yeah. want to promote? Go for it. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Destin Legary. Right now, uh, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff happening at IGN that I'm yeah. plugging away at, so kind of back in that role. Uh, I will be doing a cookie promotion, though, so if you want to order cookies <laughs> at Legary Bakery, we're going to be doing something, a little bit of a discount for Mother's Day month. Oh, uh, Yeah, that's what I got for you. You clever, clever man. <laughs> Love it. Good stuff. Stella. My wife's idea. Yeah, uh, I just want to point out, Destin, every time I do an AMA, everyone always asks, are Destin's cookies really as good as they look? And I'm like, yes. They are. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> I don't have many of them because, oh, my God, don't look at the calorie count, but yes. All <laughs> um, right. <laughs> but yeah, so let's see. Not much really going on. Like, obviously, doing all the FPS coverage here at IGN. Uh, just did the Apex stuff that's coming for next season. Uh, on personal streams, I just finished playing Kotor, so I'm going to be playing the second one this time on Steam. So it's going to have all the DLC. You can have some mods on it. Very excited. The, the end game nice. mod, smart. I believe so. Yeah. It, and it has like all the hidden content and stuff like that too. So I'm very excited. I yeah. Oh Good my call. god, so excited. Anyways. Um, but on the 15th, I will actually be on Xbox's Twitch channel playing uh, Jedi Fallen Order. I originally wanted to do Survivor? Redfall. Uh, yeah, Survivor. Sorry. Yeah, Jedi Survivor. I was like, you know what? That's probably enough time for them to give out like updates and stuff or to be runnable. And I'm not going to play Redfall like I originally planned. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be doing Jedi Survivor on uh, Xbox's channel on the 15th of this month at 3 p.m. So. Awesome. Yeah, excited. Have fun with that. That'll yeah. be great. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, I don't, again, I, I do. I'm like <laughs> the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain mostly these days. Um, other than this podcast, this is where I get to let my opinions out. So, uh, but you can, I, I let them out on Twitter too, if you want to follow me there. Otherwise... Uh, that'll do it. I want to thank our super producer, Red, as well as our wonderful panel, most especially Kelly Fadams for taking time out of his day to, as he says, to rock with us. I got to start. I got to steal that because that's just such a good turn <laughs> of phrase. I love it. So thank you, Ka. Thank you, Destin, Stella, and Red. I'm Ryan. This was Podcast Unlocked, episode 593. We will see you next week.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.